Anyway, church, I want you to get your sermon outline as we get ready to jump into the Word of God this morning. You can see the title of the sermon this morning is Unanswered What? Austin talked about that a little bit this morning, too, with, with our children. So this is the, the hot topic of what we are going to talk about this morning. Now, if you grew up in the 80s and the 90s like I did, how many of you all remember Garth Brooks? Uh, we mostly, all of us, remember Garth Brooks. Well, in 1990, Garth Brooks released a song that would eventually become a number one hit for him. It was called, it was called Unanswered, Unanswered Prayers. And listen to some of the lyrics from this song. So, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs. That just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Now, as a pastor of 13 years, I have commonly been asked this question. Pastor, why didn't God answer my prayer? Or, Pastor, why isn't God answering my prayers? And this is a question that I just don't always have an answer for. I mean, it would be wonderful if we could just text God, send him a, a quick text, say, hey, Lord, why aren't you what? Why aren't you answering this prayer? What's going on with you not doing what I want you to do? But we just don't have that luxury. So I want you to think about this. Are you ready? Many times we're super excited about talking about the prayers that God has answered. But when prayers go unanswered, sometimes we become confused. And sometimes we just get angry with who? We just get angry with God. So why then are there some prayers that get answered, but then yet there are some prayers that what? Don't seem to be answered. Well, I must answer this question based off the Word of God. So this morning, we're going to examine some reasons why prayers aren't answered according to what? Not according to Brother Donnie, not according to just my experiences, but we are going to look at some reasons why prayers may go unanswered during certain times of our lives. But before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this great day. We thank you for the music. Thank you for Brother Billy leading us this morning, dear God, and opening up our hearts and our minds to your word. And Father, we know this topic of unanswered prayer, Lord, it is highly disputed, Father God. There are so many things, Lord, that we don't know, Father. There are times when we are so connected in our prayer life, Father. There are times when we are just disconnected. Father, there are times when we are confused and we, we want to know why, 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 why. And so, Father, I pray this morning that you will help this sermon Lord, be able to reach your people. Father, I pray this morning there's something that's going to be said that someone here today needs to hear. Maybe it's someone listening, Lord, online, whatever it may be. Because, Father, there are definitely times in our lives, Lord, when we come to you and we pray and we pray. Lord, we, we get the answer. Father, sometimes it may take months, it may take years, it may take decades. Father, sometimes we, we don't hear you at all and we wonder what's going on. And so, Father, I pray this morning that you'll just make some things very transparent for us. 
Open our hearts, God, to receive your word and your love and your will. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. In his book, Why Prayers Are Unanswered, John Lavender, he retells a story about Norman Vincent Peale. Now listen to this. When Peale was a boy, he found this big black cigar. Now, I don't know how many of you all ever grew up in a home where people would smoke a cigar. I had an uncle that used to smoke a, a cigar, and some of you are nodding yes, some of you are nodding absolutely. So cigars have this aroma, right? Sometimes they smell good, sometimes they have a different flavor. So this boy, he found this big black cigar, and so what he did, he, he got it and he slipped into an alley, and then he lit it up. Now, it didn't taste good, but it made him feel very what? It made him feel big. It made him feel real grown up until he saw his daddy coming. Well, quickly he put the cigar behind his back and he, and he tried to be real casual. And desperate to divert his father's attention, Norman pointed out this billboard advertising the circus coming to town. And he says, Daddy, Daddy says, can we go? Please, let's go when the circus comes to town. Well, his father's reply taught Norman a lesson that he would never forget. He said, son, he answered quite firmly. He said, never make a petition while at the same time trying to hide a smoldering disobedience. Let me say that one more time. Never make a petition while at the same time trying to hide a smoldering disobedience. Which leads to our number one point this morning. Prayers could be unanswered if we what? If we cherish sinfulness. So, Brother Donnie, what do you mean? Well, Psalm 66, 18. Now, I know you noticed this morning we're going to be doing a little bit topical. There's a couple of places that we're going to be jumping to within the Word of God this morning. But Psalm 66, 18, this is what the Bible says. If I regard wickedness in my heart... The Lord will not what? He's not going to hear. Let me, let me repeat that. I want to make sure everybody's on the same page here and everybody at home listening is on the same page here. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard wickedness in my what? In my heart, the Lord will not hear. Now the Bible says that David, King David, was a man after God's own what? He was a man after God's own heart. He was a godly man. He was a godly influence. He wanted God's will in his life. But every single one of us that's sitting in this room today that knows the story about David and Bathsheba, we know that there was a point in the life of King David when he was lustful. When King David was an adulterer, when King David was a liar, a thief, and a murderer. Now some may say, Brother Donnie, how can he be a man after God's own heart? And that's a great question. But here's the key. David knew he sinned. David knew that he did wrong. 
And David knew if he regarded wickedness in his heart, then God would not answer his what? He would not answer his prayers. And you want to, so let's look. Psalm 32, listen to verses 3 through 5. Listen to what he says. Now listen to this real intently. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. This is David. When I kept quiet about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you. And my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Well, what does this mean? Well, it means if we love sin, if we cherish sin, if we give excuses for sin, if we advocate for sin, if we keep trying to cover up what? Sin, or if we're relishing sin in our hearts, then our prayer life will suffer. It's going to suffer. And I like to call it the sin that we live with, but we know it's dirty. You with me, church? That's what I like to call it. It's that sin that the devil in the world tells you that you can live with, so don't what? Don't worry about it. It's that sin that grieves the Holy Spirit inside of us that helps us to understand that we need to change, yet we cling to it as though there is no help or there's no power to overcome it. And I know many of you may be thinking, Brother Donnie, everyone sins and comes short of the what? Of the glory of God, and that's true. But it's not the occurrence of sin that I'm talking about here. It's the harboring of sinfulness. It's the sin in our life that we know is present, but we become numb to its effect upon ourselves, upon our families, and even upon our relationship with our God. You, every single one of us, knows exactly what I'm talking about. Amen? It is that sin that we live with, that we harbor, that infests us, and we tell God, we tell ourselves, Lord, I just can't get over it. I'm just going to live with it. I'm going to indulge in it. I'm going to let it be a part of my life. Now, God, it's not a big sin. It's a little sin. So I'm not going to hurt myself, and I'm not going to hurt my family. I'm not going to hurt others. And that's what Satan wants you to believe. Amen? But let me ask you this. Is there any sin that's good for you? Is there any sin that you can look at and say, Well, Brother Donnie, that sin is absolutely good for me. I just want to love it, God. I, I just want to, I want it to be a part of me. I want it to be a part of my life. That's like looking at somebody and say, well, stealing a little bit's okay. Lying a little bit's okay. Uh, being a little bit of an adulterer is okay. Being a little bit of a murderer is what? Is okay. So we look at these sins and we just tell ourselves, well, look, I cannot be perfect, and none of us are ever going to be what? Perfect. But the Bible says that we should have something in us that makes us want to become more and more like who? 
like Jesus Christ. So if we are becoming, trying to become more and more, that's called sanctification, by the way. If we are trying to become more and more like Jesus, that, mean, that means we've got to run from what? Sin. That, that old saying, before I got saved, I used to run to sin. And then after I got saved, I find myself running from what? From sin. So then, Brother Donnie, what are we supposed to do? Well, Romans 12, 9 tells us to hate what is evil and cling to what is what? Cling to the good. And some of you may be telling yourself, well, there's just no way, Brother Donnie, I can do that. You don't know my past. You don't know what it's like at work. You don't know what it's like at home. You don't know what it's like for the, for, for the people that I, that I hang around with. Then pray. Make a change in your What? Make a change in your life. Be different. Have a different witness. Have a different testimony. You know, that old saying, well, mom and dad, well, if, 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 if Daryl jumped off the bridge, are you going to follow him? Right? Be different. Not because you're better than anybody, but because the Creator has saved you. Amen? And he has called you into a life that we are supposed to be the light of this what? Of this world. 1 Timothy 6.11 tells us, Flee from evil, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. These are the things that we're supposed to be going after in our lives. And God knows we're never going to be perfect in this flesh. But if we love sin... If we cherish sin, if we are harboring sin, then how can we expect God to answer our what? To answer our prayers. And then number two is this. Prayers could be unanswered because we don't always pray what? According to whose will? According to God's will. James 4.3, the brother of Jesus. James 4.3, the Bible says, You ask and you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. So that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now have you ever noticed that sometimes when we pray, we want God to be that genie in a bottle? How many of y'all ever watched Dream, Dream, was it, what was the show growing up? I, I dream of genie. Anybody ever watch that? It's just that his becking call here. You know, you've got this genie that's living with you. Beautiful genie, by the way. Amen. And so here's this beautiful genie that's living with you there in the flesh, and you have anything that, that you want. You know, sometimes I believe we as Christians, that's how we view God. Well, when I want something, I'll just what? I'll just ask God. I'll just rub the bottle and God, I want you to do what I want you to do. You ever, uh, we, we pray for a raise because we want. We want a new car. We want a new home. We want a new boat. We want all these things in general. But do we ever really pray like this? You ready? God, bless me financially. So I can be more of a blessing to you and to others. How many of y'all have ever prayed that way? 
Lord, bless me financially so I can be more of a blessing to you. And I can be more of a blessing, Lord, to others. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying for a home. There's nothing wrong with praying for a vehicle. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, listen, I need you to help me provide for me and my family. But here's the thing. Many times when we pray, we pray with selfish hearts. And we pray for envious ambitions. 1 John 5, 14, the Bible says, This is the confidence which you had before him, that if we are asking anything according to his will, he what? He hears us. So Jesus had laid out a blueprint of prayer in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6 when he said, Your kingdom come. Your what? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus gave us another example of prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he went a little beyond them. And he fell on his face and he prayed saying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Folks, I can promise you this morning, you will never know God's will for your life if you don't saturate your life with God's Word. So many people, they'll go through life. Well, Brother Donnie, I don't have a clue what God's will is for my life. Are you in the Word? Are you reading the Word of God? Are you saturating your life with the Word of God? Are you really asking for God's will? Or are you just really more concerned about your what? Concerned about your will, your wants, and your pleasures. But I want to ask you all this question this morning. Get a little bit personal with every single one of us in here. Are you ready? How many times have you ever thought to yourself, God, thank you for not answering that prayer? Nobody? I know I have. I guarantee you there has been a time in your life when you sent up a prayer out of selfish ambitions, and then five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years later, you think to yourself, Lord, thank you for not answering that prayer because, Lord, you knew what was best for who? What was best for me? And then the last one is this, number three. Prayers could be unanswered because we don't always ask in what? We don't always ask in faith. Mark eleven twenty four. the Bible says, Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted you. Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. So when we pray with a lack of faith, our prayers seem to be half-hearted. They seem to be out of desperation. When we pray with no emotional attachment, when we pray with empty words and no relationship with Jesus, when we pray and our, our only faith lies basically within the power of man and not God, that means we have failed to pray in faith. Psalm 77 says this, my voice rises to God, and I will cry aloud. My voice rises to God, and He will hear me. You ever notice a lot of times we fall in a rut in our prayer life? We've got this methodology 
of, Lord, I'm going to get up, I'm going to say a quick prayer over the food. Amen? Bless this mess. Help me to have a great day. Amen. Lunch comes, and we sit down, we eat, we say a, a, a quick prayer. We come, supper comes, we sit down at the table with the family, and, and, and we, we say a, a real quick prayer. But let me ask you, each and every one of us in here this morning, when is the last time that you cried out to God? When is the last time that you had an emotional cry out to God and you came and you just let it out and you said, Lord, I need some answers. Father, I need some direction. Lord, I need your discernment and your will. And you knew that when you prayed that prayer, there was an emotional attachment to what you asked God for. And it was not based on time. It was not based off convenience. But you came and you just prayed. You know, that's what these altars are for. That's what these are for. These are not to elevate the music. These are not to elevate the pastor. This is not to elevate the staff. This is not for you to get to see, do I have on a suit and a tie, or do I have on khakis and a polo? This is not what this is for. This altar right here, this is for you to come and pray. This is for you to come and to cry out. And I, I know people say, well, Brother Donnie, I can do that in my seat. And you're, you're absolutely right. You can do it anywhere that you want to do it. Just don't close your eyes when you're driving. Amen? But I'm going to tell you this. Every time in my life that I can think back onto, when I came to this altar and I cried out to God, I always felt like there was an elephant lifted off my shoulders. Because it wasn't a convenient prayer, it wasn't a showy prayer, it wasn't about anything, but it was about between me and the Lord. When's the last time that you really felt that way with your prayer life? So what do we do when we face unanswered prayers in our lives? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of specifics that I want you to remember real, real quickly. Are you ready? Number one is this. Our will is not always What? God's will. Our will is not always God's will. Sometimes our prayers are selfishly driven. Maybe we need to take a step back. Maybe we need to examine our prayers. Are we more concerned about God spoiling us? Are we more concerned about God's will for our lives? And God's will is not always easy. And God's will isn't always understandable at certain times in our lives. But I can promise you this, his will is always what's best for who? It's what's best for you. And I'm going to tell you, as a pastor, this is sometimes very difficult to explain to people. Because I have been in those moments, I have been in those, those hospitals, I have been at those homes, I have been in the office, I have been in those hallways, I have been in those restaurants, I have been at those funeral homes, I have been in there where there's just not an answer. But you're thinking to yourself, Father, it's your, it's your will. Lord, you must know something better than what I want. Than what I know. You must know something, Lord, that I don't know. And then number two, when prayer remains unanswered, we must continue to do what? we got to continue to trust God. And this is hard, church, right? 
When you pray and you pray and you pray and you're like, Lord, can, can I trust you? You don't seem to be moving. You don't seem to want what I want. Father, I did, this is good for me. This is what I want, Lord. This is what I need. This is what I desire. And then we remember Romans 8, 28. The Bible says that we know God causes all things to work together for the good of those that he what? He wants what's best for who? For you. For every single one of us in this room today. And then number three, although you may feel unheard, he is always what? He's always with us. The Bible tells us this. Hebrews 13, 5, I'll never leave you, nor am I ever going to forsake you. So maybe, just maybe, there is a sin that needs to be confessed, church. Maybe, 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 just maybe your faith Needs to be renewed. So when you're thinking, you know, Brother Donnie, I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying, but how's your life? Are you harboring sin? Are, are you cherishing sin? Does your life resemble that of a non-believer? And then you want to pray like a believer and you want to know, God, why are you not answering, Lord? Maybe there's a sin that's holding this back. Maybe there's something in your life that you need to come this morning. You need to pray, Father, help me. Give me the strength. Give me, give me the ability, Lord, to get over this because he's already gave you the Holy Spirit. Amen? If you've been saved, the Holy Spirit of God lives within who? So don't ever think to yourself, well, Brother Donnie, I can't get over this sin. Yes, you can because all things are possible with who? With God. Yes, you can. And then number four, we got to just continue to what? Continue to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without what? Pray without ceasing. You know, sometimes an answer, even though long awaited, will suddenly appear. How many of you all, just raise your hand. How many of you all have ever prayed a prayer, and then it took years to see God answer that prayer? Just about every single person. Just about every single person in this room. Because God's time is not always what? It's not always our time. I'll never be able to explain to someone why some prayers go unanswered, but I believe I've given us some guidelines this morning that may be able to give us some direction. So as we prepare for the invitation this morning, I want you to do something. As Billy gets ready to, to come on up, Billy, as Billy gets ready to, to sing, let me ask you something. You ready? Is there a sin that needs to be confessed? Is there something in your life that may be hindering your prayer life? And men, let me tell you something this morning. It even could be your relationship with your wife. First Peter tells us that when we're not loving our wives with dignity, and when we're not loving our wives with respect, that it could hinder our prayer lives. So I don't know what's going on in your heart. I don't know what's going on in your life. Is there a heart that needs to come up this morning and be cleansed? Then I urge you to pray earnestly. Let God fill your heart with prayers of passion and sincerity.
I urge you to pray for God's will and not your own. I urge you to pray with faith that can move a mountain. And last but not least, I ask you not to give up on God when prayers go unanswered. This is a topic that every single one of us face. This is a question that every one of us will face in our life. Lord, uh, why are you not answering? I know you're there. And then we read in the Bible of some situations that may be hindering our prayer lives. So I ask each and every single one of you this morning, is there something in your life that could be hindering your prayer life? Is there something in your life that needs to be confessed? Is there something in your heart that needs to be cleansed? And then maybe you can look and then say, God, okay, I know. Give me the strength. Give me the power to overcome. So this morning, as we get ready to stand, as Billy gets ready to lead, this is your invitation. This is your altar. This is your time to come and say, God, I know you see me. I know you know me. Father, you know everything that's going on in my life. And listen, you may tell yourself, well, my sin is not hurting anyone. But I have never yet to see a sin that did not hurt everyone. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your spouse. It's going to hurt your family. It's going to hurt you at your job. It's going to hurt you in your personal testimony and your witness. And you can't hide it. You can't hide it. And so maybe this morning, maybe this is a day of being just honest and being cleansing. And you come and you just... You cry out to God. And so whatever your need is this morning, as we stand.